When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service, without all the drama. And here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Hope everyone is having a good weekend so far. We are back for another action-packed, fun-filled podcast and fun we have for you, of course, today. But before we jump into that, remember, if you want to get hold of me, you can do that a couple different ways. My email is miller at millerfrostonline.com, and my parlor handle is at millerfrost. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump in, because like I told you folks, we have fun for you today. And what do we have on deck? Ted Wheeler, that feckless mayor of Portland, Oregon, he is going to be on today's program. Our favorite fake social justice warrior, Colin Kaepernick. Yes, Colin, I am talking to you. He is going to be here as well. Folks, we may have an epic battle on our hands on today's podcast, similar to Godzilla versus King Kong. And if you watch that movie and you're like, Miller, Miller, that was kind of a dumb movie. Well, yes, folks, it was kind of a dumb movie, but at least it was entertaining. But we very well, folks, on this podcast may have an issue between COVID Karen, our favorite of the Karens, and that low-ranked queen from Indiana, Chastin Buttigieg. So, folks, there may be a Godzilla versus King Kong battle between those two. <laughs> Although I have to say, White by Malcolm X, I think that COVID Karen would be King Kong. Because when I look at King Kong, I think masculine. And when I look at Chastin Buttigieg, not so much. <laughs> I can see him easily as Godzilla, sort of reptilian, <laughs> slinking around there with a laser breath firing off at people who displease him because he is now, folks, he is now a member of the ruling class. Elliot Page is back, folks, and we have not heard a lot out of Elliot Page since Elliot came out as Elliot, right? Ellen went to Elliot, and I think that was back in, what, January, February, or something like that, but we have not heard a peep out of him, but apparently he did an interview with Oprah, so we've got some news for you there. Of course, the woke folk are here as well, and <laughs> I tell you what, though, white boy Malcolm X, we got a ton of race stories. Did you see all those stories in the pile? Yeah. Folks, there is a ton of race out there. So what I'm doing is just creating a race block. All the woke folk, we're just going to knock out those stories back to back to back. Just get them out of the way. Have a good chuckle or three or four with those folks. And 
Yes, of course, we will wrap up today's podcast with the smoking gun. The story is kind of meh. I should say meh, just get that out of the way. Even though, folks, yes, there is an arrest, and yes, it is a Florida story, but I'll tell you what, though, those folks over at the smoking gun have a huge uphill struggle to top that story, but I have little to no doubt you folks in Florida will rise to the occasion and get us something as good, if not better, than that story from last Wednesday's podcast. But hey, we will still make do with what we have. Now that I have prepped the canvas for today's podcast, I have gotten the paints out, I have gotten everything ready, and I've told you what we're going to be dealing with. Let's go ahead and jump right in because we got a ton of stories. And White Boy Malcolm X, I want under a hour and a half podcast today, if possible, even though I just cursed myself. This first one is from PJ Media. In chilling video, Antifa doxes threatens to kill Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, that feckless mayor of Portland, Oregon. Antifa has threatened to kill him. Uh Uh-oh, let's find out about that. Late last week, Portland, Oregon Mayor Ted Wheeler took to video to plea for the community's help to unmask Antifa. And we reported on that here on this podcast, folks, because we found that Ted Wheeler had grown himself a spine. He was mighty studly. I am Ted Wheeler, and I have had it with you Antifa guys. I am had it with all of you, and we we are going to take back our city, right? He had grown himself a pair, and he was being all butch for about five or ten minutes. I suspected that he would just go back to being like, Hey guys, guys, please, please stop looting and rioting and burning and having a grand gay all time, please, please. But folks, he has not even had the chance to to do a 180 before Antifa has come out and threatened him for showing that he actually had a pair for at least a little bit. But picking back up, the violence-prone anarchist fascist group has terrorized Portland with months of violent and destructive insurrectionist riots, despite Joe Biden merely calling Antifa an idea. And he is not, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer is not the only one saying that Antifa is merely an idea, not a movement or a uh, bunch of people out there looting, rioting, burning, having a grand gay old time. Someone purported to represent Antifa has responded to Wheeler with a new video. In this video, the masked individual pushes anti-American themes and publishes Wheeler's home address. The individual finished the disturbing presentation with a veiled threat to kill Mayor Wheeler. Ted. We are asking for the last time that you resign, the video's narrator says. If you ignore this message outright, the destruction to your precious way of life is going to escalate. Blood is already on your hands, Ted. The next time, it may just be your own. Who knew, white boy Malcolm X, that those virgin pajama boys in Antifa had it in them to escalate to threatening to kill that feckless mayor over in Portland, Oregon? I figure they just like to loot, right and burn and have a grand gale time, which, let's face it, folks, if the police aren't out there trying to stop you, it doesn't make you really tough, right, to uh, go out and smash windows and burn and loot and riot if nobody's out there stopping you, right? But, but it does take a little bit of cojones to threaten to kill someone, because <laughs> that's when folks like the FBI start to get involved. When you take it from looting and smashing windows to threatening to kill someone, that's when they really kind of ramp it up. I didn't think they had it in them, but uh, I guess apparently at least one of these pajama boys is like, oh, Ted, we're going to get you. The destruction of your precious way of life is going to escalate. Oh, Ted, we're going to get you. (laughs) 
what uh, what Ted Wheeler, that feckless mayor out in Portland, Oregon, what he needs, folks, he needs the Proud Boys to protect him. Because, folks, let's face it, if it's one group of individuals that will stand up to those virgin pajama boys in Antifa, it is the Proud Boys. It sure as hell isn't the Portland Police Department. Not that I'm criticizing them. I mean, they have been stymied six ways to Sunday between that feckless mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, right? Or the Multnomah County District Attorney's Office. They have been stymied every which way. But I think, Ted, I think if you really want to protect yourself, I would get the Proud Boys to protect you because they will show Antifa who is in charge. Ten bucks, White Boy Malcolm X. Ten bucks, they're going to catch this clown threatening to kill Ted Wheeler, and they are going to slap him on the wrist, send him on his merry way, maybe with, I don't know, 20 hours of community service. (laughs) Something like that, but yeah, nothing will come of that. From Campus Reform, students and alumni want statue of Colin Kaepernick on campus. Yes, folks, our favorite fake social justice warrior, Colin Kaepernick, those idiots over at his former college want a statue of him. White boy Malcolm X, now that we have a statue of Greta Thunberg out there, right? That is lurking about on some other college campus. Now, folks, not only, folks, can we get the Tweedledee of environmentalism, Greta Thunberg, we can get the Tweedledum of fake social activism, Colin Kaepernick. He can also have his own statue on a college campus. But let's find out more and hear a couple pull quotes. Students and alumni want a statue of former NFL quarterback and fake social justice warrior Colin Kaepernick installed at the University of Nevada, Reno. (laughs) Reno, Nevada. You folks out there, goodness, if that is what you're looking for, bless your hearts. Kaepernick, who graduated in 2011... And folks, I can only imagine what his GPA was and led the school's football team to record victories, gained national notoriety after kneeling during a national anthem at a San Francisco 49ers football game. Today, Kaepernick focuses much of his efforts on racial activism work. And to you folks over at Campus Reform, love you folks, love your website. And with all due respect, the only thing that Kaepernick focuses much of his attention on, his efforts on, is his SPAC, right? Because he is a fake social justice warrior. He is in it to win it. And what is to win it? Make the most Benjamins, right? So he is part of that whole cabal of social justice warriors and fake social justice warriors in it to make huge bank to take home as much money as possible. So I would say these days that Colin is more interested in his SPAC and buying a company to turn it into a woke company. I think that is his big priority much more so than any effort towards social justice. So, folks, we can now have Greta Thunberg and Colin Kaepernick on college campuses. Goodness, if Greta and Colin are the first two out of the box, I cannot wait to see who is next. This next story is for all you queens out there, and you know who you are with a Latin fetish from the post-millennial. Queen Kamala calls LGBTQ violence Root Cause of Immigrants Fleeing Guatemala. (gasps) Heavens no. Here are a couple pull quotes there. Queen Kamala called LGBTQ violence a root cause of why people flee Guatemala in a virtual meeting between Queen Kamala and the president of Guatemala, Alejandro Giamatti. The meeting was broadcast on PBS, which means nobody saw it. 
Queen Kamala has been tasked with diplomacy and strategy in the Northern Triangle countries of El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala as regards the massive influx of migrants from those nations to the U.S. There are also long-standing issues that are often called the root causes of immigration, she told President Giamatti. We are looking at the issue of poverty and the lack, therefore, of economic opportunities, the issue of extreme weather conditions and the lack of climate adaptation, as well as corruption and the lack of good governance, and violence against women, indigenous people, LGBTQ people, and Afro-descendants. So white boy Malcolm X, I read that quote from Queen Kamala, Corruption and the lack of good governance is one of the reasons that folks are leaving Guatemala, and she is telling that to the president there, Alejandro Giamatti, and they want to come to the U.S., white boy Malcolm X. Did I get that right? They are trying to escape corruption and a lack of good governance, and they want to come here. You guess so, yeah. And you folks down there in Guatemala, if you are listening to this podcast and you're going, man, I have got to get out of Guatemala. This place is the dump. There's so much corruption, and there is a lack of good governance all around here. Let's go to the U.S. You better not come up here (laughs) if that is a priority for you, because guess what? You're getting more of the same once you cross the border. Heavens. And white boy Malcolm X, I was reading this, and there's Queen Kamala ripping into the president of Guatemala as having a racist, sexist, and homophobic country, right? I mean, she is complaining about not only the typical green stuff, right? You folks aren't dealing with extreme weather conditions and a lack of climate adaptation, right? She's ripping into them for that. She's ripping into them for corruption and a lack of good governance, which, of course, she is well-versed on both. But she is also talking about violence against women and indigenous people and Afro-descendants and, of course, the LGBTQ folks, basically calling them racist, sexist homophobes. She is comparing them, folks. She is comparing the people of Guatemala to Republicans, as as best I can tell, right? Because that's what they call Republicans, right? Racist, sexist, and homophobes. And she is complaining to the president of Guatemala that his country is a dump. Not only do they hate the environment, but they are corrupt and they hate anyone who isn't like them. I would have told her to kiss my ass, but I guess he's going to have to sit there and take it because I guess they want our money, like a lot of them do. But I guess at the end of the day, that means more Queens coming up from Guatemala. So like I said earlier, you queens with a Latin fetish, more are coming your way. Can you imagine though, White Boy Malcolm X being the president of Guatemala, Alejandro Giamatti, and having Queen Kamala lecture you about all this going, yep, 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 yep. I would be sitting there, folks. I would be sitting there going, this is a woman who has literally slept her way to the top. The only man she probably didn't give a blowjob to would be creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, but she has banged every man she needed to bang to get to where she is today, and she is lecturing me on how my country is horrible. Pot, meat, kettle, God. Yeah, so you folks from Guatemala looking to us as an escape hatch, sorry folks, you are going to get more of the same once you cross the border. From the Washington Blade, revised D.C. COVID bar restrictions to allow drag shows. Uh Uh-oh. D.C. bars? Drag shows? COVID restrictions being lessened? (gasps) This, folks, this sounds like a lot of trouble. Let's find out more. Here are a couple pull quotes. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser announced on April 26th that the city's COVID-related public health restrictions are being eased one step further by the lifting of a ban on live entertainment at bars, restaurants, and nightclubs beginning May 1st. And folks, that was yesterday. That was on Saturday 
that those folks, those queens down in D.C. could be like, oh, let's go out to the bars, girls. There's going to be some live entertainment. There's going to be some drag shows. Finally, it's been, a, it's been a brutal year without them. Let's go. So, Yes, there's going to be that. The mayor's revised public health order is expected to provide a boost to the city's gay bars, which will be allowed on a limited basis to resume offering live entertainment, including drag shows, which club owners have said have been a longtime popular form of entertainment. I bet it is. David Peruza, owner of the Adams Morgan Gay Sports Bar Pitchers and its adjoining lesbian bar, League of Her Own, said he too welcomes the lifting of the ban on live entertainment, which had been in place for about a year. Peruza said that he would be offering the first drag show his bars have had in about a year on May 6th. So folks, that is coming up this coming Thursday. And white boy Malcolm X, David Peruza, owns a gay sports bar called Pitchers, and and he owns a lesbian bar called League of Her Own, which I assume, folks, is a reference to the movie League of Their Own with Madonna, and I think Rosie O'Donnell was in that, and I don't remember who else. Tom Hanks, I think, was one, but yeah. I'm assuming that was that. Do I have that correct? Okay, I'm just... <laughs> yeah, he's got two bars, one for the lesbians, one for the queens, and they're right next to each other, and I guess they are both sports bars, so you folks in D.C., I bet you're having fun down there with those two. They're open, and now now they can have drag shows, although I don't know who would want to go see those more, the queens or the lesbians. I suspect the queens, because I know how you queens are out there. (laughs) Enjoying those drag shows, but hey, I will admit, I have enjoyed drag shows from time to time. Good ones, right? I have seen some really horrible ones, but on this podcast, I talked about Charlie Brown's Cabaret back in the day, and that was probably in the early to mid-90s back in Atlanta. I enjoyed that. That was actually an entertaining drag show with Charlie Brown and Lily White and Chocolate Thunderpussy and all the others, all those other folks down there performing. That was a good time, but I guess they're going to do something similar to that in D.C. But folks, I do have a concern or two about D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser easing restrictions on these sorts of things, like live entertainment at bars, restaurants, and nightclubs. And the reason I have that concern, folks, is because that is going to trigger COVID Karen, right? Because COVID Karen is following the science, right? And the science says you really shouldn't be getting together in crowds, right? And if you do, you should be wearing masks anyway, but you should not be allowing a drag show to go on at a gay bar because it could be a super spreader event because queens love to pack into gay bars to watch drag shows, right? Have you ever been to a drag show with only a couple people around? No, unless it really, really, really sucked, right? But queens love a good drag show and they are not going to be stopped by COVID restrictions. So folks, you could have a very serious problem out there with queens stuffed into a bar to watch a drag show and COVID Karen walking by and having a huge fit about this. And that that is only going to bring more drama to Washington, D.C. as if they don't have enough. What are you people doing? What are you doing? Why are you in that building? Why are you gathering? You're not supposed to be in there like that. You're not supposed to be in there. There's a restrictions on how many people can be in a place. What are you doing? I'm sorry, but we are allowed to be here. No, you are not allowed to be here. You're not supposed to be in a bar like this. There are rules about this. You're not supposed to be here like this. I'm going to call the police. Well, I would go ahead and call the police then because we're allowed to be here. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser said that we are allowed to hang out in the bar because they're going to do a drag show. You don't want me to call the police. When I call the police, the police come and the police will break this up just like they did the hokey cokey in Great Britain. Do you want me to do that? 
Well, I don't care because we're allowed to be here. My husband is the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. I am his husband, Justin. And we are here not only to watch a drag show, but we are here because we are looking over the bars because we are doing some infrastructure remodeling. And I am going to spend $2.25 trillion remodeling this bar and all the other bars in the area. And then I'm going to go back to the state of Indiana. And I am going to remodel all the bars there because I have $2.25 trillion to spend. Justin, I said that you could not spend the whole $2.25 trillion on remodeling gay bars in D.C. and Indiana. We've had this discussion before. Well, that's not what I heard. But that's not what I said. Well, that's not what I heard. You two need to shut up. You two need to get out of this bar. Everyone needs to get out of this bar. Everyone needs to put on a mask. No, you need to put on two masks. And if I catch any of you taking a poop on the street, I am really going to call the police. And not only the police, I'm going to call MI5, and I'm going to call MI6, and I'm going to call the FBI, and I'm going to call the CIA, and I'm going to call the NSA, and I'm going to tell all of you. So you need to stop. Uh, ma'am, my name is Pete Buttigieg. I am the Secretary of Transportation, and we have a legal right to be here. You're nothing but a pocket queen. Get out of my face. I want to talk to the manager. I'm going to talk to the police. I'm going to talk to someone in authority here because I want this to stop. I told you you're a pocket queen. Chastin, this is not the time to bring that up again. Well, I didn't bring it up. She brought it up. Chastin, this really isn't the time. I don't know who you think you are. I don't care if you're the Secretary of Transportation. I don't care if you're the Secretary of Defense. I don't care if you're Queen Kamala. You will not violate the COVID rules. You need to keep apart. You need to stop doing this or I will call the police. And I don't care who you are. You are nothing but a short pocket queen in a cheap suit. I don't have to listen to you. Don't you know who I am? I am going to call the police. I told you, Pete. I told you those suits were cheap. My suits are not cheap. Well, they are. Your suits are cheap, and I don't know why you have to get them all dirty because you got to ride a bicycle one block, and i got to go to the dry cleaner and look at those cheap suits you're wearing. They fray, and they're all looking all dumpy, and that COVID Karen over there, even she is making fun of your cheap suits. Yeah, those suits are really cheap. How do you call yourself the Secretary of Transportation, and then you ride a bike for a block, and your suits are all cheap? You look like a cheap low-end queen. See, I told you, Pete, you got cheap suits, and that makes you the low-rank queen, not me. You are the low-rank queen. Okay, folks, I better go ahead and jump in here. COVID Karen, thank you very much. When COVID Karen, folks, when COVID Karen and that low-rank queen from Indiana, Chastin Buttigieg, when they start to agree, that is a sign of the apocalypse. We better shut this down right now. Thank you, folks. Thank you very much. You may go your merry ways now. Yes, but anyway, eased bar restrictions coming to a ruling class gay bar near you. White boy Malcolm X, that was frightening to watch Godzilla and King Kong there start to agree. Just like in that dumb movie we watched a couple weeks ago. This next one is from Tal Road. Biden's speech speaks directly to trans youth. Your president has your back as 30 states debate anti-trans bills. Wants to sign Equity Act. And here are a couple poll quotes there. Issues facing the LGBTQ community made their way into creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer's first joint address to Congress Wednesday night, including him speaking specifically to trans youth that had been the subject of anti-trans legislation in more than 30 states. To all the transgender Americans watching at home, especially the young people who are so brave, I want you to know that your president has your back, creepy Uncle Joe said. Creepy Uncle Joe also became the first president to invite a trans individual to a joint session of Congress, when First Lady Dr. Jill Biden invited Stella Keating, the first trans teen ever to testify before the U.S. Senate. Keating attended Biden's address virtually. So White Boy Malcolm X, let me get this right. Let me see if I have this correct. 
Dr. Jill Biden, that fake doctor, she is a doctor like Colin Kaepernick is a social justice activist, right? (laughs) She invited Stella Keating, the first trans teen to ever testify before the U.S. Senate. She invited her to participate in Creepy Uncle Joe's speech, correct? Correct, okay. And Stella watched it virtually, correct? So she watched it at home on her television, correct? So theoretically, if she's sitting at home watching this thing on television, just like everyone else who watched that speech, everyone who watched that speech could have theoretically been invited by fake Dr. Jill Biden to attend the speech virtually, correct? Okay, just making sure. I mean, what is the point of saying they invited her and she attended virtually if everyone who watched on TV is attending virtually, right? Everyone is doing the same thing she's doing, right? She's sitting there watching it on a TV or a computer or what have you, but She's not even there, right? Just like most everyone else was just watching it somewhere else. So I just find it odd that they're running around bragging that they invited Stella Keating to attend the address virtually that Dr. Jill Biden, that fake doctor, invited her to a joint session of Congress virtually when virtual attendance is sitting at home watching it on TV just like everyone else. So I guess if it makes them all happy, whatever, but... I don't know what he's talking about, about young people being brave to come out as transgender. I mean, let's face it, folks, who isn't these days coming out as either transgender or, I don't know, bisexual, asexual, agender? My funky pronouns are they, them, or z, z, or za, or something like that. I mean, how brave is it to be just like everyone else and having to have your special sexual identity or your special funky pronouns or your special this and your special that? On our Wednesday podcast, Sam Smith had his very own super special gender, right? So, yeah, I mean, how brave is it actually... For these folks to come out and say this, what's brave to me is to go around with a MAGA hat on a college campus, right? Or to wear a MAGA hat at a place like one of these woke companies like Google or Coca-Cola or Delta, right? That is actually brave, right? That would probably get you ostracized and fired. But yeah, coming out saying, well, I'm transgender or I'm gender fluid and my pronouns are Z-Zer. There's absolutely, folks, there's zero bravery in that at all. There's nothing brave about that. But okay, if it if that helps you feel better, if that uh, helps you to feel special and, and feel warm and fuzzy inside, that the creepy Uncle Joe, the hair sniffer, is calling you brave because you're doing what everyone else is doing, okay. Yeah, and he's got to say that, folks, right? Because he is literally, folks, he is one mistake away from Queen Kamala tossing his ass into a memory unit. So he is just going to read what is ever on the teleprompter. And if the teleprompter says... You need to tell everyone how super special brave they are to come out as transgender or agender or gender fluid or gender queer or whatever or bisexual, which is the laziest. Those are the laziest folks in our tribe are bisexuals. And why? Because they will do anyone, right? But yeah, he's got to come out and say whatever they tell him to say or boom, he is in a memory unit. And once he goes there, though, Dr. Jill Biden can bring some poetry books. (laughs) Because she is a doctorate of English, so she can come by and read him some Thoreau or Keats or whoever when he is sitting there in the memory unit drooling on himself. But bless his heart and bless all your hearts if you feel like you're brave for following what everyone else is doing. And for our final news quick hit, God, why am I talking about Bucky Barnes? But I guess I kind of have to. It is a follow-up story, and this one is from Variety. No, Bucky wasn't revealing he's bi in that Falcon and Winter Soldier scene. 
says director. And a few folks out there going, Miller, what the hell are you talking about? Bucky Barnes is bisexual or not bisexual? What's going on? Folks, we did have a story, I think a month or two back, where there was a scene in the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and everyone was getting all a tizzy because they thought it meant that Bucky was bisexual, right? Which is kind of an insult to Bucky Barnes, right? Because bisexuals are the laziest members of our tribes, right? Because they will do anyone. But yeah, apparently that is not the case. The director's like, yeah, not so much. You folks need to settle down out there. So yeah, it's uh, not looking good for you gay virgin pajama boy sitting in your mother's basement masturbating to Marvel comics, eyeing up that sex doll. Yeah, that is not happening. Bucky is apparently not, at least not yet, right? If you folks keep giving them the pressure, I'm sure at some point he will be sleeping with a man, but not quite yet. And let's find out a little bit more. Here is a couple pull quotes. For much of his tenure within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the character of James Buchanan Barnes, a.k.a. Bucky, has been something of a queer icon. As played by Sebastian Stan, Bucky always maintained a powerful emotional bond with his best friend Steve Rogers, played by Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America, which only heightened when Steve risked it all to rescue Bucky from his life as a brainwashed assassin in 2014's Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Between the palpable chemistry between Stan and Evans, White Boy Malcolm X. Now, I think you've watched all those movies as well, correct, sir? Did you see palpable chemistry between Sebastian Stan and Chris Evans? Uh, no. No. (laughs) Okay, neither did I, but okay, I guess you queens out there are going, oh, look at Sebastian Stan and Chris Evans. Look at them looking into each other's eyes. Oh, oh, the chemistry between them is palpable. Dear, get me my smelling salts. So I guess that is there if you want to see it. And Steve's proclamation that he's with Bucky until the end of the line, there was a large portion of the internet that desperately wanted Steve and Bucky to be a romantic couple. And folks, if you are part of the large portion of the internet that desperately wants Steve and Bucky to be a romantic couple, you need to get a life. Good God. (laughs) That is just... Yeah, those are two fictitious characters, and yeah, you just need to get out there a little bit more. To these fans, who again, folks, have no life, it was self-evident that Bucky was bisexual. He just never had the opportunity to express it. I tell you what, though, White Boy Malcolm X, I literally cannot believe that this keeps coming up (laughs) over and over and over again. And I can't believe I'm reporting on it over and over and over again. But yeah, I'm just, I marvel at what fanboys, fanboys will proclaim on the internet, something like this, where they're like, oh, I just want Steve and Bucky to be together. And that would be such a romantic couple. I mean, to invest so much of your time and invest so much of your life and validate your worth as a person by investing in these characters and hoping for these sorts of things where a character, a fictitious person who does not exist in reality is bisexual. To me, it's like, man, you really do need to find another hobby. (laughs) Because if Marvel's universe is your universe, you have got some serious, (laughs) serious problems. Goodness. And White Boy Malcolm X, on top of that, I have to say, I actually feel bad for Sebastian Stan through all of this. Yes, yes, I do. I, I feel bad for him. First off, folks, this poor guy, he just wants to play a character. He wants to come in, get his paycheck, do his thing. 
I'm sure he's making really good money, right? Playing this Marvel character. They do pay well. And those movies and TV shows do very well. And if he's got a little bit of the action on the back end, you queens out there, settle down. That is not what you think it is. <laughs> but yeah, I feel bad for him because he's got this really good character and all these weirdo virgin pajama boys living in their mother's basement, eyeing up their sex dolls or whatever the hell they're doing down there, playing video games. They are so invested in his character being a bisexual. And folks, I have said it a million times, but I will say it one more time. That is the laziest group in our tribe, bisexual, right? Because they will do anyone. That, to me, is an insult to want that character to be bisexual. Because that is a very, very low bar for him to hit, right? All he has to do is say, I'll do anyone. So that, to me, they are ruining that character for him. He's like, man, I just want to come in and play this really great character. And everyone just keeps wanting to cheapen the character and make me have to be a bisexual <laughs> And I have standards. As Bucky Barnes, I have standards. And one of those standards is not to be lazy and do everyone. So yeah, that is why I feel bad for him. <laughs> because they are ruining his character with all these weird, I don't know, sexual things <laughs> about him doing Steve or Steve doing him and being bisexual and doing some chick down the street in addition to doing Steve and doing anyone, right? The other thing I was thinking about, though, White Boy Malcolm X, is Sebastian Stan. Why can't our tribe have someone like him? I mean, that is a man, right? That is a man's man. Sebastian, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm not calling you gay or bisexual or transgender, <laughs> whatever you are. I'm just saying, why can't our tribe have people like Sebastian Stan, right? No, we have a Star Wars bar of weirdos in the LGBTQ plus community. How do we know it's a bunch of weirdos? Because we got the plus at the end that groups in all sorts of weirdos that aren't already in the LGBTQ side of things, right? I mean, we've got like the Tiger Queen. We've got that stupid idiot Colton Underwood, that Bachelor Queen. He's <laughs> like, oh, I want to marry a woman. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just a big old girl, right? We've got those sorts of weirdos. We don't have anyone like Sebastian Stan, <laughs> someone who looks normal for a change. And no, we're not so lucky. We got the Star Wars bar. And you high school teachers, now that I'm thinking about it, remember when I keep telling you folks, never, ever, 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 Get a boy to do a man's job, right? That is what I'm talking about. Sebastian Stan, that is a man. That is a man's man. And man, I wish he were a member of our tribe, not the Tiger Queen, not Colton Underwood, or his, what was his stupid sidekick's name? Gus Kentworthy, or any other weirdos out there, right? Ladies, I want you to think more Sebastian Stan and less little Timmy with his two chest hairs. So when I tell you never get a boy to do a man's job, think Sebastian Stan, not some sweaty teenager with two chest hairs. Okay, folks, our news quick hits are over, so let's go ahead and jump into our news pile. And yes, Wipo Malcolm X, gay is at the front, transgender is actually at the front, and smoking gun is at the back. And here's this headline from Pink News. Elliot Page warns trans children will die from deluge of horrible Republican lies. It's really that simple. Hmm. Let's find out about what Elliot's thinking. Elliot Page told Oprah Winfrey that the Republicans are spreading lies and misinformation about young trans people, and his message to trans kids is, I see you, you exist, you are real. Uh-oh. I guess we're about to hear about erasing and invalidating their two favorite words out there. And the Umbrella Academy actor is speaking out about his own transition in a bid to try to help shift the way society treats young trans people. 
I wanted to share with people how much it has changed my life, Elliot Page told Oprah in his first TV interview since coming out as trans in December 2020. Yes, Elliot, it did change your life, and it also changed your wife's life, right? Because she married another lesbian, and she woke up one day to find out you're a man, and she's getting divorced. I wanted people to know that it not only has it been life-changing, life-saving for me, but because there is such an attack on trans healthcare right now, he continued, when already there is a lack of access to healthcare and trans people don't want to go to their doctor. Elliot added, what are you hearing from certain lawmakers is lies in terms of what they're saying about the healthcare. The reality of the healthcare is it's supported by medical institutions and it saves lives. If you are going to ban it, if you are going to ban trans people from sports, children will die. It's that simple. It's really that simple. White Boy Malcolm X, is Elliot Page now a gay man? You don't know? I mean, he's acting just like a hysterical drama queen, right? Am I, am I wrong about that? Am I missing something there? No, okay. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, to carry on about medicine and doctors and sports and kids dying, I think that's what they call the poetic truth, right? We talked about that on Wednesday's podcast from Shelby Steele's book. There is a poetic truth and there is a literal truth. And the BIPOC folk out there, the social justice warriors, love the poetic truth. And what is that? That America is a racist country, and it is horrible, horrible, horrible out there for the BIPOC folk out there. And what is the literal truth? No, it is not perfect. But yes, it has gotten substantially better over the last couple of decades that uh, the BIPOC folk are in a substantially better place now than they were, say, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, right? But the poetic truth, that sells a really good narrative, right? For all those activist folks out there, they need to perpetuate an America that is racist and bigoted and homophobic and transphobic and hates trans people, right? That's what Elliot is trying to sell us, that these kids don't have access to medical care and that if you don't allow them to play on a sports team for their identified gender, it's going to literally kill them. And she goes on in this article to talk about all the transgender suicides that may or may not happen because of this, which is a lovely poetic truth, right? It really does help to build this narrative about how picked upon the transgender community is. And they love to go around. I mean, the number of transgender people killed, I think, was like 35, 37 last year, which is horrible. Don't get me wrong. One is too many, right? One of these is too many. But 37 being killed in a year, I mean, folks, that's two weekends in the city of Chicago. I mean, how many black lives, thousands and thousands of thousands of black lives, which apparently don't matter, right? Black Lives Matter don't care about black lives because look at all the thousands of additional people being shot and murdered because they want to defund the police. Look at all the mayhem that is caused because they want to defund the police. But, you know, there is a poetic truth out there that they're trying to sell and that Elliot is trying to sell that transgenders are perpetual victims of a heteronormative society out there out together. And I think the vast majority of people out there are like, well, I don't really give a crap. Just get it out of our faces from time to time if you don't mind. What the Republicans are advocating, if you look actually at the bills in Arkansas and Tennessee, and I think Florida is now considering it, it goes to like the Georgia election law, right? They run around, oh, it's Jim Crow on steroids, right? Because that is a beautiful poetic truth. But if you look at what the laws actually say, what the Republicans are trying to do, they're trying to put in guardrails, right? Because the transgender community wants complete freedom to do whatever the hell they want to do, right? So what they're saying is, you know what? We don't want biological boys on women's sports teams. 
We don't want four, six, eight-year-old children proselytized about gender identity and sexual orientation, right? We don't want the state, right, the government involved in giving our children hormones, right? That's our decision as the parents. If the kid comes to me at four and says, Mommy, Daddy, I'm a little girl today. We should have the right to say, you know what? We are just not going to do anything about this. We're just going to let this phase go until he grows out of it. And if he doesn't grow out of it, we'll deal with that when he is older or she is older or they are older, depending on the funky pronouns, right? But we don't want the state involved in this. And what is the response from the transgender community when parents are like, you know what? We're going to push back against some of this. What do they get? You're trying to erase us. You're trying to invalidate us. You are just a bunch of bigots and transphobes. And here they are complaining, you know, Joe Biden, creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, I see you. Elliot Page, you know, I see you, you're real. You know, complaining about they're trying to erase us and invalidate us. I mean, look what J.K. Rowling said, right? She basically said that the transgender community in completely butchering the definition of a woman, right? A woman can now have a penis and you're supposed to just nod and bow and say, yep, that is absolutely perfectly normal. When someone like J.K. Rowling, you know, kind of pushes back gently, politely, civilly about that, what does she get? You're a transphobe. You're a turf. Look at the vicious, vicious attacks that people who disagree with them on any topic get served, right? Those sorts of vicious attacks. There are, folks, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, they're like spoiled children. They're like little bratty kids, hysterical, not getting their way, right? If you tell them your kids are off limit, they throw a fit. You're trying to erase us and invalidate us. We should have the right to tell your children about gender identity and sexual orientation when they're six years old. And if you don't allow us to, you're a bigot. (laughs) That's what you get with these people these days. But hey, Elliot, it's a lovely poetic truth. It is a lovely, lovely, lovely poetic truth that you are spinning for the rest of us. Okay, here is the start of our race block. And yes, folks, whew. This is a fun, fun couple of stories for you. Student body president of Virginia Commonwealth University has history of violent extremist racist online posts. Uh Uh-oh. A far-left extremist using an online moniker to advocate for targeted killings of law enforcement has been revealed to be the student body president of Virginia Commonwealth University. 20-year-old Taylor Marie Maloney from Charleston, South Carolina, God, she's from my neck of the woods, was championed earlier this month by the ACLU of Virginia for being the first openly transgender and non-binary person elected to the position. But social media posts written by the communist activists have since surfaced showing their advocacy for killing cops, rioting, looting, vandalism, and hatred of white people. Your reminder to advocate, and folks, she spelled your, you are, like any dopey idiot, to advocate for the killing of cops, and she spelled cops with a K, Maloney tweeted in March from their now suspended account at Okra Socialist. When a follower of the Black Nationalist Nation of Islam group rammed his car into Capitol Police, killing one of the officers on April 2nd, Maloney celebrated his death. Love this, we need more of this, Maloney wrote responding to the breaking news from the Associated Press. And Elliot, I hope you're listening to this because you're talking about how Republican lies will kill transgender students. And you've got, folks, you've got an openly transgender president of a student body in a college campus actually calling for the 
killing of police officers and celebrating the death of a police officer. So, you know, we don't get uh, we don't get Republicans advocating for the killing of transgender people, but they act like it. Right, folks. They say, no, you can't teach this sort of thing to four and six and eight year olds. And they act like the Republicans are advocating for the killing of transgender children. But you actually have a transgender here calling for the actual killing of cops. But I guess that's probably okay to those folks, right? Because Taylor Marie Maloney is one of the woke folk out there. It's perfectly fine to advocate for the actual killing of a police officer. Maloney has made a number of racist posts on social media. I hate white people so much it's not even funny, they tweeted last Friday. If you are white, you should, I don't know, shut up. Maloney's new Twitter bio reads after their previous two accounts were suspended on the social media platform. Maloney also posted her disgust about a mixed-race woman who was married to a white man, describing their children as white quadroon kids. Jeez, man. Holy crap. This chick is a full-on racist. God. I tell you what, though, folks. It's perfectly fine for Taylor Marie Maloney to call for the killing of police officers, to be out there bashing white people, I hate white people, blah, 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 right? Celebrating the death of a police officer, calling for the killing of police officers, right? That seems to be perfectly fine. I guess Twitter maybe had a little bit of an issue with it, right? They suspended an account, but they let her open up another one. (laughs) So I guess that was okay with Twitter at the end of the day. But I tell you what, folks, if you call Taylor Marie Maloney she or her, and you use the wrong pronouns, what sort of trouble do you think you would be? (laughs) They're trying to erase them. They're trying to invalidate them by purposely misgendering them. (sighs) Right. And I'm sure Elliot Page would be there. Oh, how dare you deliberately misgender a transgender. You're just a transphobe. You're trying to erase us. So yeah, it's perfectly all right for these folks to carry on and call for the killing of cops and all sorts of fun stuff. But if you misgender them, you're the bigot. Maloney's online extremism has long extended into their real life activities. In July 2020, Maloney was arrested at a Black Lives Matter Antifa riot in Richmond, where militants started fires, smashed windows, and assaulted responding police officers with rocks. Maloney was arrested alongside communist activist Madeline Molly Conger. However, both their cases were not pursued by the prosecutor. And who would expect that it would? So, yeah. There you go, folks. The president, the student body president at Virginia Commonwealth University, that fine, upstanding citizen, Taylor Marie Maloney is not only transgender, but is a non-binary person. Yet another weirdo in our Star Wars bar of a community. White boy Malcolm X in the LGBTQ community. We have a transgender non-binary who wants cops dead and wants everyone out there to loot, riot, and burn and have a grand gay whole time. (laughs) And on top of all that, she really hates Whitey. From the College Fix, Stanford student senator says white people need to be eradicated. Hmm, another one out there who not only hates Whitey, but wants Whitey dead. Let's find out about this. Stanford University student Gabriel Crooks, a member of its student body, expressed her hatred for white people in a series of tweets this past summer. 
Yes, I think white people need to be eradicated. Yes, I will go feral over mediocre white men. We exist, she wrote in July 2020. And folks, let me tell you something about Stanford University student Gabriel Crooks' sentence. It is literally all one sentence. There is not any punctuation in there, no capitalized letters, right? It is just the ramblings of a college student and one who apparently has not taken a grammar class. (laughs) That is certain. Despite advocating for genocide, her student Senate page biography states that she aspires to be a human rights attorney and address racial violence. Well, she, folks, she is definitely addressing racial violence. She is telling the BIPOC folk to go out there and kill Whitey. She is also a Black Recruitment and Orientation Committee coordinator at Stanford. And yes, folks, she is a capital B Black Recruitment and Orientation Committee coordinator over at Stanford, so you know she's real Black. Crooks is currently seeking re-election to the Student Senate, and no doubt, folks, she will get re-elected by huge numbers with voting to take place this week. In her candidate statement, Crooks accuses Stanford University of having serious problems with regard to race and an unfortunate but intimate history with racism. Can you imagine, White Boy Malcolm X, can you imagine being over at Stanford? (laughs) Which I'm sure, folks, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it is full of the woke folk out there, right? But even they, I'm sure, have their limits to this at some point, maybe, sometimes, possibly, who knows? But yeah, they're probably sitting over there going, oh, crap, this chick is just taking it one step too far. And now we've got her there calling for the killing of white people. And we've got her as part of our recruitment and orientation committee. Hi, my name is Gabrielle Crooks. Welcome to Stanford. Except you white people, we're going to murder you at some point. But enjoy yourself. Sleep well while you can. (laughs) In another tweet, Crooks alleged that the United States is a racist country. Well, welcome to the party on that one, honey. Spelling America as America, A-M-E-R-I-K-K-K-A. Not a passionate America lover in my IR, which is international relations class. I thought y'all were joking, she tweeted in October 2020. Crooks also tweeted she has friends who are white, but she just can't support it. She also tweeted... Why do white people think everything is about them? (laughs) Which, folks, I have no doubt she means white women's tears. All those good white women out there, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, right, crying about social justice issues before they go back to their lily white suburbs because white girls just like to have a good time and then they're bored and then they go back to uh, mommy and daddy in the suburbs because they don't really want to have more fun than a night's riot, looting, burning, and all that kind of stuff can bring, yeah. So that's probably what she's complaining about there. And the only thing I have to say about this, because what can you say about something like this, folks? Because let's face it, there are quite a few BIPOC folk on and off college campuses who are calling for killing Whitey in one way, shape, or form. But Ibram X. Kendi, Robin D'Angelo, Patrice Conkoolers, all you woke folk out there, And I would also say Colin Kaepernick, but let's face it, folks, everyone knows that he is a fake social justice warrior. But yeah, to Ibram X. Kendi, Robin D'Angelo, Patrice Conkoolers, all you other woke folk out there, I hope you are happy. I hope you are sleeping well tonight with all your millions in the bank and all your houses and all the other fun stuff you are getting as you get rich selling all this crap about how whitey sucks. You are And your books are the gasoline that is on the flames of this sort of hatred, this vile hatred, this bigot Gabriel Crooks is spewing forth about Whitey and hating Whitey and wanting to see Whitey exterminated off the face of the planet. 
I hope you folks are happy. I hope you folks have gotten exactly what you want in fomenting vicious race relations and getting a whole bunch of BIPOC folk wanting whitey dead. I hope you're happy. And if you folks are like, man, Miller, I am already exhausted about all this BIPOC hatred of whitey. I don't know if I can take anymore. Well, folks, we got one more story for you. And this one is from Campus Reform. Student paper opinion editor, Spring Break reminded me I can't trust white people. After several of his classmates traveled for spring break, the opinion editor of the University of Washington student newspaper wrote that spring break reminded me I can't trust white people. It wasn't enough for the whites of Greek Row to throw summer super spreader parties that endangered the communities as protests for black lives amid the death of George Floyd occurred mere blocks from them, wrote Andre Laws Menchevez of the Daily in an op-ed. And folks, if you need a descriptor of Andre Laws Menchevez, here is his profile bio. I'm a Philippines indigenous and queer activist and journalist dedicated to decolonizing institutions of power. And folks, if you don't know what decolonizing institutions of power means, that means subjugating whitey in hopes to empower marginalized communities through my work, especially the next generation of queer trans BIPOC. And he is also apparently a COVID Karen. <laughs> On top of all of that, but a Philippines indigenous and queer activist. So yet another member of the tribe, White Boy Malcolm X. He fits in nicely to our Star Wars bar analogy. <laughs> Bless your heart, Andre Laws Menchevez, but let's find out more about how he hates Whitey. Spring break came, and in typical fashion, my white peers at this university continued to disappoint me with their performative activism and how they followed in the footsteps of their violent white supremacist ancestors. They traveled to Hawaii and Mexico, endangering the lives of local communities for the sake of their own aesthetic pleasure. Performative activism, white boy Malcolm X. That sounds suspiciously like complaining about white women's tears. <laughs> Huh, Andre Laws Menchevez, I guess you have finally figured it out as well. They're not ashamed to post about their colonial pursuits on their feed either, he added. A now former friend of mine posted an Instagram story of her with a group of white UW Greek life folks taking shots at a restaurant in Mexico, maskless, and a masked server frantically tried to clear off their table. Based on this experience, Menchevez learned that even the white people you consider your friends in this space, even those who are majoring in the progressive departments, are still not to be trusted. You say you love and respect my voice as an abolitionist and decolonial queer activist of color, but your actions prove you to be cut from the same raggedy cloth as the nasty colonializers I despise for murdering and assimilating my ancestors, he wrote. <laughs> Man, white boy Malcolm X, Andre Laws Menchevez, man, he is a bitchy queen. God, going after these folks like that. And folks, no, we are not done. Menchevez recounted that white women in his race relations seminar actively led our discussions on topics like opting for community care, implementing restorative justice, and condemning white supremacy. Weeks later, however, they hopped on flights to Mexico and Hawaii. I'm tired of being gaslit about my distrust in the white folks around me, and although I disprove of my colonial peers for their spring break plans, at least I now have a reminder of who and what I must fight against to achieve anti-racism in my communities, he concluded. 
Just like my ancestors, I will take note of colonial white supremacist forces pushing against the collective healing and liberation of me and my community, and I am not afraid to stoke the fires that I'll ignite on my own to burn white supremacy to the ground. And I told you white liberals out there, you white liberals, you fake social justice warriors, you Colin Kaepernick of social justice warriors out there going, oh, I love the BIPOC folk and I'm down for the struggle and I am down for implementing restorative justice and I condemn white supremacy and Nazis and I am down for any struggle you BIPOC folk have, right? You folks out there who are out there spewing this to the BIPOC folk, the BIPOC folk don't trust you anymore. They don't believe you, and they're grouping you in with the rest of us. So you think you're going to get out of a trip on a train to the re-education camp? You are wrong. You are still wrong. And I've been telling you how wrong you've been for months now. But no, you don't listen to me. And if you are a good, dopey white liberal on the University of Washington campus, he has got your number. He doesn't trust one of you, and he doesn't trust any of us. So if you are white He is going to stereotype you as another evil oppressor, a white supremacist out there hiding about, lurking in the shadows, and propping up a white supremacist culture. So, yeah, you're not getting out of it. And God, hey, again, Ibram X. Kendi, Robin DiAngelo, Patrice Concoolers, all you social justice warriors out there. I hope the rabid hatred and bigotry coming out of Andre Laws Menchevez's mouth I hope that is music to your ears, just like the hatred and vile bigotry coming out of Gabriel Crooks' mouth. I hope that was music to your ears as well. You have helped to foment horrible race relations in this country. (laughs) Not that the stupid white liberals on college campuses have done us any favors, right? They're running around going, oh, we're so down for the struggle. And then they just act like a bunch of idiots. (laughs) That doesn't help to dispel... (laughs) The notion that we're all a bunch of idiots, right? But uh, yeah, Andre Laws Menchevez, you bigot, you, (laughs) you horrible racist, you. (laughs) Bless your heart. I would have hoped that the racist anger inside of you could have been better channeled, but I guess not. You are out to screw Whitey as best you can, any chance you can, whenever you can. So (laughs) I hope that makes you feel better at the end of the day. Man, white boy Malcolm X, there is a raging hatred of whitey on college campuses. And like I said before, folks, it is going to get worse before it gets better. And if you're out there going, Miller, Miller, how the hell could it get any worse? Just you wait and see. I have no doubt it will get worse before it gets better. We are down to two stories, white boy Malcolm X. Yes, we have two stories, folks. No, I am sorry. We do not have any teacher bait stories, but... We have two stories, and then we are out of here. And this first one is from Audie. And you queens out there, you raging power bottom queens out there, woof, you are about to get very, very, very excited by this one. Huge butt plug sparks grenade scare in Germany. I can hear that white boy Malcolm X. Oh, oh, a butt plug. Oh, tell us more, Miller. Tell us more. Okay, you queens. Hold on. Here we go. You can never be too careful, especially when you believe you've uncovered an explosive device. But this story goes to show that looks can be deceiving. On April 26th, a woman was jogging in the woods in southeastern Germany near the town of Sonnen. Suddenly, she noticed something strange that stopped her dead in her tracks. On the ground by the path was an old plastic bag. 
Inside it was something that looked exactly like a hand grenade. Concerned for the safety of herself and others, the woman didn't waste time. She pulled out her mobile phone and called the emergency number. Her phone call sparked a full-blown bomb defusal operation. The bomb squad from the Bavarian Police Department rushed to the scene as quickly as they could. The bomb defusal experts cleared the area. Then they approached the grenade and began working on defusing it. Except there wasn't much to defuse. Instead of carrying out a controlled detonation, we assume the bomb squad returned with a hearty chuckle. When examining the supposed grenade, the explosive experts discovered that it wasn't a grenade at all. Instead, it was a sex toy, a roughly grenade-shaped butt plug of a respectable girth. The other contents of the plastic bag made the nature of the rubber implement much clearer. And why put Malcolm X, listen to this. According to the police, the bag also held an empty tube of lube, two used condoms, and a USB cable. An empty tube of lube, two used condoms, and a USB cable, white boy Malcolm X. <laughs> I can see the empty tube of lube, right? If you're going to get that thing up there, and I know you power bombs up there going, oh yes, use as much lube as possible, please. I don't want it to hurt, right? They got that. I can see that, but two used condoms. <laughs> Whatever queen took that butt plug was like, I would love to have those condoms too, please. Just give those to me. I'll recycle them or something. <laughs> oh, you sick queens out there. But the officers wanted to be absolutely certain that the object was meant to go up a person's keister, so they did a search for grenade-shaped butt plugs. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just ask a queen out there. <laughs> what does this look like to you girls? Oh, that is definitely a butt plug. <laughs> I'll tell you what, they got the lube and the condoms. That is definitely a butt plug there. Don't you even worry about it. No, they didn't bother to do that. They went to Google. And true enough, they found exactly what they were looking for. The search on the internet confirmed the suspicion. There are actually sex toys in the shape of hand grenades, and that was the kind of thing we were dealing with here, the police said in a press release. <laughs> the German police, we must talk about the dildo, the grenade-shaped dildo. We will put that out in a press release, and we will give that to them so they can report on that in the media. How these items got there and why they were left there can only be surmised, the police said. White boy Malcolm X, between you and I, I bet we could definitely surmise what happened there. Folks, I'll tell you what happened. That was clearly an accident. <laughs> because no raging power bottom is going to leave behind a dildo if she can help it, right? She was probably doing something in the forest with someone else. And they got done whatever they were doing <laughs> with the butt plug and the two used condoms and the USB port. And he was like, it's time to go home. Thank you very much. And he's walking out there and I guess it just fell out of his backpack or what have you because I guarantee you folks, no queen, no self-respecting power bottom of a queen who will take a grenade dildo up her butt is going to leave that thing around on purpose. <laughs> so whatever queen is out there, she's probably like, oh, there it was. I knew I didn't lose that thing. It was right there in the forest. If I'd only gone back and traced my steps. Oh, that was a good butt plug. Oh, well, at least the lube was empty and those condoms. Well, I don't know why I kept them, but I just did. But yeah, and my USB cable. Oh, Jesus Christmas. Not only did I lose my dildo, but there, there was my USB cable as well. There you go, folks. You Germans out there with your massive grenade dildos. <laughs> I hope you queens are having fun with those. And finally, folks, here is our smoking gun story. Arrestee tried to smuggle drugs hidden in prosthetic leg into jail cops charge. Hmm, let's find out what's going on there with the fake leg. 
A Florida man being booked into jail sought to smuggle narcotics into the lockup that were hidden inside his prosthetic leg, police charge. Keith Adams, 37, was arrested early Saturday during a traffic stop near his residence in Largo, a city in the Tampa Bay area. Adams, who was a passenger in the vehicle, was sitting atop a glass pipe which contained a thick white residue which field tested positive for cocaine. White boy Malcolm X, you smoke coke? I thought you snorted that. <laughs> Not literally asking you that. I just, I didn't think you smoked coke. I thought you smoked crack or meth. Oh, crack cocaine. There you go. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Crack, not coke. When sheriff's deputies sought to detain Adams, he allegedly struggled with cops and was taken to the ground where he was handcuffed. Arrested for cocaine possession and resisting, Adams, who has a prosthetic leg, was specifically asked before transport to the jail if anything was concealed in his leg and warned bringing it into the jail would be an additional charge. Adams, cops say denied that his leg housed any contraband. However, a subsequent search at the Pinellas County Jail revealed that Adams' leg contained a gram of fentanyl and a stash of Xanax pills. Man, if that horse tranquilizer fentanyl didn't put you down, I guess the Xanax pills <laughs> were the uh, sprinkles on top of the sundae. Adams is locked up in lieu of $7,650, random, on three not one, not two, but three felony charges, folks, and one misdemeanor count. Adams has two other separate pending narcotics cases because this, folks, is not his first time at the rodeo for his alleged possession of methamphetamine, cocaine, and fentanyl. Man, white boy Malcolm X. Three felonies and one misdemeanor. In Florida, of all places. <laughs> one person in Florida, three felonies and one misdemeanor. But I have a question, white boy Malcolm X, because this kind of does not make sense to me, right? So he's there. Let's let's kind of recap what's going on here, right? He and his friend are driving around, and for some reason, the popo flagged that car, and they pull them over. It's early Saturday morning. They're probably like, what are these two weirdos out driving around for, right? They are probably profiling this guy, even though he is white. They're probably like, hey, this cracker, <laughs> he's just like all the rest of them in Florida. Chances are we're going to have drugs in this car. Let's go ahead and pull them over, right? So they pull him over, and they stop, and they look at him, and they're, like, you know, doing the usual questions and stuff, and they're like, what are you sitting on, sir? You look kind of awkward there. And he's like, ah, uh, nothing. And they're like, are you sure? Oh, well, there's this pipe. Oh, man, that thing was up my butt or something. So he pulls the pipe out. <laughs> Whatever he was saying, they're like, man, can we see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, here you go, officer, right? And they test it, and they're like, oh, holy crap, that's cocaine. We got to arrest this guy, right? So they go, and they're like, sir, you need to get out of the car. And he gets out of the car, and he's got this fake leg, right? And there's all sorts of whatever, and there is a struggle, and they have to put this guy on the ground, even though he's only got one leg, right? What can he do? But I guess he's got two hands, so he can cause enough trouble. They get him on the ground, and they cuff him, and they like, okay, you are going to jail for being such a difficult pain in the ass, and you got coke in your pipe, so we're going to bust you for the coke, and we're going to bust you for resisting. But, but before we take you down there, do you got anything in that leg? Uh, no, I got nothing in my leg. Are you sure I don't have anything in that leg? Uh, no, I got nothing in that leg, officer. There's nothing in my fake leg. I promise you, there's absolutely nothing in my leg. All that coke in my pipe, that was it. That's all I got. I got nothing else. There ain't nothing in my leg. Nothing at all. Are you sure? Because if we take you down there and we find something in there, that's going to be an additional charge. One last chance. You got anything in that leg? Oh, no, officer. <laughs> no, I got nothing in that leg. I promise you, officer. I swear to God himself. And Jesus is probably like, ah, crap. Here I am being dragged <laughs> into another arrest in Florida. How the hell do I keep getting dragged into these arrests in Florida? 
man, I should smite that whole damn state. No, Jesus, please do not smite that state. I need that state for this podcast. Please do not do that. But anyway, guys, like, ah, no, I swear to God. I swear to God on the Bible, stack of Bibles, whatever. I swear to God, there's nothing, nothing, nothing in that leg. No drugs in that prosthetic leg whatsoever. So they take him down to the jail, right? And they get him in there and they book him. And they're like, okay, we need to check what's in that leg. Guys probably like, "Uh uh-oh, now I am going to be in a lot of trouble. I got to deflect. How about you guys check up my butt first? So that's probably the first time a straight man asked for a rectal exam in prison before he got one from his bunkmate or something like that. But yeah, they cracked that leg open. He's probably like, "Uh uh-oh, they found my good stuff. (laughs) They found the stuff I was waiting to take later. Because I guess, folks, if you are high on coke or crack, you need something to bring you down, and that would be fentanyl or Xanax. So he's like, man, I guess I'm not sleeping for two days. So they find this stuff, and they book him on additional charges. So, folks, he has three felonies and one misdemeanor. So white boy Malcolm X, I guess the long story short is, what do you think are the three felonies, and what do you think is the misdemeanor? Drugs are the felonies. You think he got charged three felonies for three different drugs. You got the cocaine, you got the fentanyl, and you got the Xanax, which I think is a prescription, but I guess I guess in the quantities he had it, if he's got a stash of it, I guess that is enough to get him. You think those are the three felonies and the misdemeanor is the resist. Okay, well. <laughs> makes sense to me, but folks, it's Florida, so I don't know if much makes sense down there. But yeah, so this guy, three felonies, one misdemeanor, <laughs> which means, I don't know, two months in jail and a week of community service. But on that note, folks, since I cannot top a one-legged man (laughs) stashing away fentanyl and Xanax to take him down from his coke high, since I cannot top that, let's go ahead and plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Remember, you want to get hold of me, my email is miller at millerfrostonline.com. And my parlor handle is at Miller Frost. Have a great rest of your weekend, a great start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. 